Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm a People's Choice Podcast Award-nominated host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat of your life, gain awareness around mental health, and own your right to have a dream and take up space. Today, you'll hear from a media, broadcasting, writing, and talk show maven who will share insight on why it's never too late to follow your dream, how to creatively monetize your passion, how to master the art of the ask, and why it's best to focus on execution over perfection. But before that, I want to ask you a favor. If you love the show and it has helped you, please consider leaving it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps bring the show visibility and push it up the charts so that it can connect with more creatives. Also, consider sharing the show on your Instagram stories or on Twitter. Tag the guest at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Now to the guest. Today, you'll hear from Raven Blair Glover, or as she's known in the industry, Raven the Talk Show Maven. Raven's best known for being a prolific interviewer, contributor for Podcast Magazine, and a highly decorated broadcaster. Some of the awards she's earned include the 2016 Giant Community Leader, the Global Women's Summit's Outstanding Leadership Award, and Barack Obama's 2016 President's Lifetime Achievement Award. Amazing. She's the founder of Raven International Media Productions, which includes a TV network and the Amazing Women and Men of Power podcast. As you can probably guess, she's an amazing woman of power. Raven and I met when she did a story about me in Podcast Magazine. We instantly connected, and I wanted to have Raven on the show, not only because of her ability to tell other people's stories, but also because she has a very profound story herself. Raven spent the first 55 years of her life not unleashing her inner creative. In fact, up until age 55, she never made more than $10 an hour. And it was at that point that she finally decided to make her own dreams come true. She's proof that it's never too late to start pursuing your dreams and even to become a leader in your industry. If you're struggling with self-esteem or you feel that your time to start your creative journey has passed, Raven will inspire you to reframe your mindset and put your dreams into action. Now here she is, the great Raven B. Glover. Okay, Raven. Well, okay, we have to get into your entire story because I was doing my research on you. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh, but I didn't know how amazing you are. So at age 55 years old, you were making $10 an hour. Your mom was in a health crisis. Yeah. And you had this kind of moment where you're like, my life has to be different. I've had this dream on my heart since I was a kid. What am I going to do about it? So can you take me through this pivotal moment in your life? Yeah. So actually, I had been wanting to be on radio since I was 13. And I used to sneak to the neighborhood radio station, WJMO, and uh, ended up being a junior DJ. And uh, I just felt at home. I gotta be honest, I just felt so at home. And let me tell you why, because as a kid, I always felt like Casper, the friendly ghost. You know, I felt like dismissed. I felt like I was the person that wanted to be in the in crowd and they were like, ah, ah, you know, and at home I felt I was the youngest. And so I felt, you know, unheard and just, you know, people just didn't pay attention unless I did something bad. Then I got all the attention I wanted. So you know what I did, right? I was bad. I was a bad, bad girl. (laughs) (laughs) And the better I got, the more attention I got, you know, but the radio station made me feel different. It made me feel happy. 
I was the pesty kid at the station, but they were showing me how things worked. And, and the biggest thing was I noticed that these DJs, people could hear them all over the world. They were calling in to talk to these DJs and I wanted a piece of that. So I snuck down there, became junior DJ of the month. And then later I had like a, a show at a hospital. It was a VA hospital in Ohio at that time I was living. I was like maybe around 14, 15, 16 years old. And they let me have this jazz station and, and it was to make a patient feel, you know, relaxed and stuff and take them off of worrying. Mm. So I had those two experiences. And then as I got older, I found out you had to have an FCC license. And I was a bad tester, a terrible tester. So what would that entail? Like they would come and listen to you and then... No, 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 no. That would entail you actually taking a physical test. I don't know because I never took it. Oh, okay. In order to be on radio back then, you had to have an FCC license. You had to pass that test. I didn't even think any further than that. I looked at it and they had all this technical stuff that you had to understand frequencies and stuff, which was, I had no interest in that. And so I shut down and I never thought about it again until mother went in the hospital and I was in the chapel praying for her. And I felt like, okay, she's going to be okay. The message I got was, but she's going to be different and you're going to need to step up show up and grow up. I actually heard these words. You need to step up and be the daughter you were raised to be because my parents had a chain of restaurants in Ohio. That was a big deal for Blacks back in that time because this would have been in the, in the 60s, you know. So they had a chain of restaurants. We lived in the suburban area, wore the best clothes, went to the best school. So I was set up for success. You know what I'm saying, Lauren? Yeah. But um, we have these big dreams as a kid. And then we grow up, there's something called life happenings and our dreams shrink. So at the hospital, I woke up because now it wasn't about me. It was about my mother laying in that ICU unit for three weeks in a ward of about 15 people. And I slept in the waiting room, me and my sister, for three weeks because we wanted to make sure there were no mistakes and we were close to mama. And watching her go in there looking like Lena Horn, and in a matter of days, you could almost see her bones and she had these tubes on her. She looked different. And I really didn't think she was going to make it. But when I got the message for me stepping up, showing up and growing up, step up and be the daughter that you, she raised you to be, show up. You got to show up in a big way because you're making $10 an hour and you can't help yourself. So how are you going to help your mother? and grow up and take responsibility for why you would be someone that your parents set you up for success, did all the right things, and you're at 55 making $10 an hour, raised in an entrepreneurial family. It just was not mixing. So, you know, that old saying they used to teach us in grade school, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I never have heard that, but I love that. Yeah. So I made the decision that I was going to be there for mom. She was all there for me, always there for me and my sister. I was 55. My sister was 57. We were always going back home, borrowing money from mom and all that stuff. And she was always there. And now she was helpless. She couldn't do anything but lay in that bed. And so I got on a conference call. It was called Teleseminar Secrets, Alex Mendozian. And he was talking about there was this cool thing called podcasting. And get this, Lauren, you didn't need an FCC license. Yes. And you could interview people that had already been experts in their field. 
And even if you knew nothing about it, as long as you had passion for that subject, you could ask her questions. And that's when my dream found me at the hospital. I wasn't looking for it. It found me at the hospital. When I was on that call and he explained that the way, I was like, OMG. You mean I can have a podcast and it's like a radio show? And here's the thing he said, and thousands of people will hear you all over the world. You don't need any tech stuff. Just give them a free conference call and invite people to come on. And you ask a question, zip it, ask the next question, zip it. And they would create the content for you. And I, I mapped out my show, Right from the Hospital. That was February 6, 2006. April 23rd, 2006, I launched my first show from the kitchen table. Wow. Okay, such a powerful story and so much to break down. One point of curiosity I really had when you were telling that story is, mm -hmm. what happened between that age of like 14 to 15 when you were doing the jazz radio station to 55 what were you doing during that period? And were you feeling the call? I don't think I've ever had anybody ask me that question. Thank you for that. Yeah. You know what? I went from job to job. I became a very good salesperson. My mother taught me because they eventually split up and sold the restaurants and stuff. So um, she got into telemarketing. And she said, if you ever learn how to communicate on the phone and sell on the phone, you'll never be without a job. And so I followed what she said. And she said, you could create your own income if you get with the right company and you're able to bring them leads and sales. And I really started mastering the art. Before I became the talk show maven, I tell everybody I was known as the telephone diva because <laughs> I could sell anything on the phone. I got really good at it. So I just went from job to job and sold over the phone. I mean, I probably called many of your listeners homes <laughs> or at least their parents home because, you, know, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I'll be 70 in a couple of weeks. So that's amazing. But I always had that entrepreneur spirit because of the way my mother them raised me. So I would be going, I tried network marketing. I was in Mary Kay and Amway and a couple other different companies and did decent. And I love I love network marketing. You know why? Because I loved to hear them talk about how we could change our lives. And for me to actually see people that come into a network marketing company and the ones that really did everything they said, they ended up in big homes. I actually seen them transform from having just a regular car to a really nice car. I knew some of these people. Network marketing was not for me, but I had many friends that became millionaires. And, but I became a millionaire in my mindset. Ooh. Network marketing was not for me, but I knew that there was going to be something for me. I just had to keep trying till I got the right thing. And when I heard Alex say the quickest way to become an expert is to interview other experts and you can start a podcast and do it over the phone, I fell right into that. Like I said, my dream found me and I was full force all the way in. Will you speak more on what it means to become a millionaire in your mindset? How can we all do that? I love that question. For me, the best way to explain it is to walk the walk and talk the talk and be a lifelong learner and really throw yourself into the, the right mentors, whether you were investing in them 
in a big way or a small way. And at that time, I didn't have money, so I invested in audio products. I jumped on every free seminar Les Brown did or Alex Mendoza did or Jack Canfield, Brian Tracy. I changed the circle of people that I was uh, around. I started doing things that the millionaires said that worked, like I created a vision board and I put Les Brown and Lisa Sasevich and of course Alex and, and different people that I wanted to interview. I would put that on a vision board and put it in front of my computer. Mm. And I would actually get up in the morning and say, Hey Les, hey Lisa, you know, and I would talk to them and just really have this conversation. So by the time I reached out to ask for the interview, I was very comfortable. I would get on their newsletters and find out what they were doing. I would watch how they would write their emails and you know, how they did things. And I would follow it the best I could. And then eventually, years later, I realized that doing it for free wasn't going to get me there. That if I wanted that $1,000 client, I needed to be that $1,000 client. If I wanted that 25K client, I needed to be that 25 client. I needed to do more than just act as if. I needed to be the client that I wanted to attract. Mm, wow, that's some high-level manifesting. I love the idea of putting the person that you want to manifest to interview, for instance, right in front of you and talking to them so that by the time you meet them, you already know them really well. You think I was a little cuckoo? cuckoo, cuckoo. No, I think that you're brilliant. I'm going to start doing that. My whole office is going to have people plastered over the walls. (laughs) (laughs) My husband at that time, which is not the one um, that I'm with now, ladies, let me tell you, if you've been married a few times, skip number three, go straight to four. He's a gem. best advice yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So another thing I want to go to is that a lot of people who listen to the show, Raven, are very much in the thick of their journey. They're in that 15 to 55 stage where they know what they want, but they have no idea where to get there. They feel lost. They're in jobs that don't quite fulfill them. They're learning something, but they're not quite there. Mm -hmm. What would be your advice to them or to a younger version of you to start doing what you want to do sooner? Yeah, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. If you can get up and you're feeling healthy, maybe not 100% healthy, but you can walk and talk and do the, the normal stuff, you know, stay off the news, stop complaining and get into action. Stop learning, although I'm a lifelong learner, stop just learning, going from Clubhouse or Facebook or social media and buying all the books and the tools. You got to get into implementing and taking action. And if there's nothing that's inspiring you to do that, check your why, because that was my issue. My why was never big enough for Raven. The only thing that was standing in my way of being on the radio earlier in my years was me or for anything that I wanted to do. I also now realize that it wasn't meant for me to spin records. It was meant for me to interview people and be able to inspire people one interview at a time so that they can hear from those that have been there and done that, wore the t-shirt, drink out the coffee cup, and can bring their lessons, their systems, their process to my show, just like they do on your show, right? So I knew, I, I developed that by reading books like Think and Grow Rich and, you know, all these great books and great mentors. But like I said, I do love the learning. It's better than any college, any school that I went to. I remember sitting up there watching Jim Rome when he was alive 
in person at an event, you know, and I actually have a picture of me and him and he passed away like about a year after that. And, you know, I know that those books and being around those people helped me to be ready to ask uh, Montel Williams for that interview or Russell Simmons or Lou Gossett Jr., Lindsey Wagner and, and Fran Drescher, you know. And I love Fran. Not to mention all those people, the business people, but I've actually interviewed celebrities like you, Lauren, that I've never dreamt that I was going to ever have a conversation with. But had I not changed my mindset and I had I not sat in front of those people and where I was just an arm away and, and could take pictures with them. See, that was, that was making that mindset shift. That was giving me that millionaire mindset that we talked about. Because now I was rubbing elbows with these people. I'm taking pictures with these people. I'm having moments and conversations with these people. I'm, I'm bringing a whole different energy. And they're liking it. They're saying, hey, you know, I like your attitude. I like your energy. You keep going. You're going to be something. And so I went from not having that to having it. And it felt so good. It did. I'm so glad my mother, um, she did pass away six years later, mm -hmm. but she didn't pass away before she seen me make that transition to actually listen to my interview of Les Brown and listen to my interview of Lindsay Wagner and Fran Drescher and all those people. She got a chance to do that before she passed. She got a chance to read my first book, uh, Broadcast Your, Your Passion and Profit, and be in my book because she did poetry just for herself. And I surprised her and put a picture of me and her in the back of my book and her poem and made her a published poet before she passed away. So, oh, that makes me cry, Raven. That's so beautiful. What a gift you gave her. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and your why was really clear. You know, your why was I want to be able to take care of my mom. I want to make my own dream come true. You had this really strong why. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who's searching for theirs, maybe they don't have this big life event, but they know they need to redefine and refine their why. What's your advice on how to figure out what that deep why is? Get a mentor, invest in yourself and go beyond the normal buying books, buying, you know, a couple hundred dollar products. Go ahead and make that big leap. Because the bigger leap you make, the more you're stretching yourself. And again, if you want that type of success, you've got to invest in yourself to get that success. You're going to only attract what you put out there. You have to attract what you want by being that. You know, I remember when I didn't have nothing but $50 or $100. You know what I used to do, Lauren? I contacted Alex Mendoji and some of the people that I mentioned and I invited them to a virtual lunch on the conference call because we didn't have Zoom back then on a conference call and just say, hey, you know, I really love what you, you know, doing. I've been following you. And I would tell them specifically what I got from them and gave them my specific results and say, if you're open to it, I would love to buy you virtual lunch and just have about 15, 20 minutes of you if you're open to sharing, and I would put what I was having trouble with, I told them I said, and I will eventually get other products, but would you let me buy you lunch? Whenever you take lunch, you know, just tell me what you like. If there's a menu, I'll order it for you, or I can PayPal you the funds so that you can get it. I said, but don't go over $50. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think they said this girl is bold. <laughs> but it's brilliant. And if you don't ask, you never know. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about how you started building your podcast. Because I know you said you launched it that April, but what did that first year or two look like of building it and growing your audience? Well, at first I didn't do a podcast. I put it on a website and it was just one of those, I call it paint by number websites that you put up yourself. You know, I remember I had a beautiful Caucasian girl. So I wasn't on there. I had, let me see, the player was on this side of the website. The words was on this side. It wasn't even lined up. Some people still have websites like that. You see, and you're like, is it 1995? What's yeah. going on on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, the website I put up is still up there, except for I finally did put my picture up. Good. Get that <laughs> Caucasian girl out. And the reason I share that story, because one thing that I teach is don't wait to be great. Do it now. Stop trying to dot the I's and cross the T's. Because you're going to get into procrastination and, oh my God, you got to be perfect. And I can't do it until I do this. When you step away from that and be free to be you, Mm. things will begin to flow. I always say, let it go and let it flow naturally. Be you, be free to be who you are and the right people will find you. And those that run across you that you're not for them and the I's and T's must be dotted. They're not your peeps. Let them go. It's no big deal. Attract your right tribe. And it's perfect for right now because people more than ever is all about authenticity. You see, people don't want perfect. That's what's kept them from being where they are. So when they see somebody like myself, I remember interviewing um, Mark Victor Hansen once on Blab years ago, and everything went down. The lights went out. There was people there. And then I got him back and it did it again, you know, but my clients tell me the best lesson they learned from me is seeing all kind of crazy stuff happen. And I keep going. Yes. Because I'm not that perfect one. I'm just me. And they see me laugh about it and make a joke about it and keep going and handling it. Do you guys hear me? They see me in action, in the thick of it, Lauren, handling it. And I believe that has helped me grow, but I've mastered the art of interviewing. I stay on top of what's hot, what's new in the broadcasting world because I teach. And somehow we're able to win awards, even the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award by Barack Obama, which was amazing. That is so beautiful. Yeah. So, okay. You were doing the show. You started interviewing people. When did this teaching piece come into play? It came into play early on. People started asking me, how did you get that interview with Jane Kennedy? How did you get that interview with Montel Williams and all these different celebrities and stuff? And I told them, I said, well, you know, I knew that I had to do something to make me stand out. And I watched what other podcasters and the top podcasters were interviewing. And they were interviewing big people in the business industry. But they weren't at that time. They're doing it more now than then. But back then, they weren't really interviewing celebrities like we do. You know what I'm saying? They were interviewing big people in their niche. And I was doing that too. But I thought, you know what? If I can really get a well-known celebrity, even though maybe they're not an A-list now, but at one time they were an A-list, if I can get just a couple of them to come on a year, that's going to elevate my kitchen table radio, you know, because it wasn't a podcast then. And I started um, 
reaching out and asking for the interview, I would say, yes, you know, I have this um, show, it's called Women Power, and we're all about helping baby boomer women like me go for their dreams no matter what. And Lisa Nichols, I read your book on page 15, where you talked about how you and your son, how you didn't have money for pamphlets for your son. And boy, you know, I just know my baby boomer women would just love to hear you tell that story. Would you be open to coming on our show on Women Power and be our featured celebrity guest to empower those baby boomer women that are hungry to make a change? And that was my exact script. <laughs> That's so brilliant. I just want to point one thing out. So something I talk about on the show a lot is that when we don't get what we want, it's often because we didn't ask a specific enough question. Yeah. And I want to point out how brilliant that pitch you just gave was. First of all, you showed her you cared mm -hmm. because you took a specific thing that she had said, brought it back to her attention, told her that she was going to be featured, that she would be important, told her exactly who she would be talking to and why it would matter to her and gave her a very, very specific ask of what you were wanting her to do so brilliant and i just had to highlight that because often as a producer and as a host people will reach out to me and they won't even say what they want to be booked on and i'm like yeah now i have to hunt you down to find out what you want you and i and other hosts and producers can tell okay this is just something they're copying and pasting but you brought up great points the same points i bring out to my clients and by me telling her exactly what page it was on you know, they don't get that. When you reach out, you have to reach out in a very authentic way. I mean, you can tell it was authentic because that was years ago. Yeah, <laughs> she has it memorized. Word for word, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that was back in 2008. So that's when I started making turn because people were watch. You know what, Lauren? People watch you when you don't know they're watching you. I remember getting the um, top business uh, women empowerment award or something like that. And I barely had 50 people listening to me that I knew about. And most of them were family and friends. But someone wrote to me that I did not know. And they said, congratulations for getting one of the top 100 best women podcasts or something. And I was like, oh, and she had the link. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even known I had the award. So it's not about the listeners. Let me say that again. It's not about how many listeners, how many social media, how many people are on your list is what do you do with the ones you have? Mm. And when you just keep going, and I don't focus on the numbers. I didn't then and I don't now. I started off focusing on the numbers and it depressed me. And I started feeling lesser than. I started feeling like Casper again. Okay. And all those bad things about oh nobody wants to hear me. And it, you know, and then I started getting award after award after award. And people started reaching out to me and saying, my friend told me about your show, you know, and people started coming to me. And then that's when I knew people are listening. Stop looking at the numbers. Just keep doing you. So I'm saying to your audience, if you have a podcast, if you're doing live streams, if you're doing any type of broadcasting or anything, keep doing what you're doing. Stay in the flow. Let that momentum build up and don't worry about who's listening because just trust your gut. The right people are tuning in. And if you have a podcast, you can't have a podcast and nobody's listening, being on Apple and all the places you can do now. Trust people are listening to your show. Just trust that 
and act like you have a billion people listen on your show. Just, just act as if, because that's mostly what I've done. But I also implement it and I invest, but I still act as if. Mm. And anybody that comes in my path that's going to make me feel lesser than or take my power away from me, but ask me, well, how many numbers, how many this? I don't, I don't go that way. And I learn how to communicate in a way that I don't attract those questions because it's not what you say, Lauren, it's how you say what you say. And if you say it in power, and if you say it with passion and authenticity, and you are excited about what you're saying, and they're feeling your words, and they're feeling that excitement, those other questions aren't going to come up. Oh. Raven, you just dropped so many gems. I just don't know where to go first. <laughs> I, I love the point you make about the numbers because also to your point, you're winning all these awards, even in a time when you were first starting out where you didn't have as many people listening. But the most important thing is that you have the right people listening. Mm -hmm. And you never know when somebody could be listening that could help propel you to the next level. So you do have to speak as if you're talking to a billion people because you could be next week who knows you never know and you and i think it's more about your message it's more about what message and what audience you want to serve so you're right it is about the audience and and so for all of us we have to ask ourselves not what we're skilled about because it doesn't have anything to do about our skills we're trying to be the solution our show is the solution to which audience problem issue challenge and it needs to be one that we have passion for either meaning we've gone through this and we feel their pain or we had a family member maybe that has cancer and so now you know watching them suffer we want to go out there and help people that have cancer you know so what are you passionate about and this is whether you have a podcast live stream or, or just a business you have to be passionate about it you know, it doesn't have to be your story, but maybe your friend's story or, you know, maybe you just got tired of watching it on TV, you know, and you're like, instead of complaining, I'm going to do something about this. What naturally can I do? Even if I don't have any money, what naturally can I do to make a difference, to make a change? My spunk comes behind the mic. You know, my spunk is building a media and broadcasting empire to help other Casper filling people, other people that are low self-esteem and, and feel like they haven't been heard and, and, and they're gems, they're diamonds, but nobody will give them a chance. Everybody keeps mm. saying, well, you get on somebody else's stage and, and maybe you'll get on my stage or get in somebody else's book, or maybe I'll put you in my book. You know, I'm that person. God put me here to be that person to give other people just like me, everyday folks, an opportunity. So we took Women Power, the show that was created and developed from the hospital to Amazing Women of Power, Amazing Women and Men of Power, radio station and podcast network. We have over 35 hosts. And many of them have been with me since 2011 when we launched the network. Now we have Raven International TV Network. So now we have a Roku channel. Wow. Uh, Raven International TV, Careers from Home, and Short Talk TV, and Broadcasters Unite. And we have Amazon Fire, and we're getting ready to launch 
about five Apple TV channels. So now, you know, my, my women power show that was created from the hospital is now Raven International Broadcast Media Empire because we just opened the agency. We created two agencies last year at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, Profitable Podcaster Agency, which helps uh, amateur podcasters that are frustrated, they're not making money, make professional income. So we have agents that have made as low as $400 and as high as $4,000, and they never made any money on their show before. And now we have Beyond the Interview Agency, which is a a media broadcasting and marketing agency so we can help other people build a channel. We can take all your videos, Lauren, from everywhere and create a whole channel with your name, your color, your branding. Or we can help podcasters turn their one podcast into a TV series and help people get published in the book, help them take their, their coaching program or their you know, mastermind or whatever they're selling and give them a full page ad in Entrepreneur Magazine, and Entertainment Magazine, Fortune, Forbes, Money, O Magazine, you know, create custom apps for them. So Beyond the Interview Agency is our marketplace. Wow. So, okay, you went from like people were asking you advice to now you've got these different agencies and networks. How did you make the transition? Because there's a real thing that happens, especially with women, where everyone will start asking us, oh, what do you think about this? Could you tell me about that? And then at one point, you're like, hey, let's, let's hold the phones. I need to get paid. That was my first course, Kitchen Table Radio. And I took, um, I took nine people through five weeks on a teleconference call, and I recorded it. Because I remember learning from Alex that whatever you do, even if one person shows up, record it. If nobody shows up, record it because that way you're repurposing and you had content. So I recorded for five weeks and we created the kitchen table radio course. And it started with two friends of mine. They happened to call me. Remember I said, act as if, and I was just putting this course together. I was putting bullet points because I'd never done a course before. So all I knew is I was going to put bullet points and I was going to record the course just me. Mm-hmm. But then I had a girlfriend call me and they just had came from, I think somebody's course. And they were telling them that this big thing was podcasting. This was in 2008 and everybody should go get a podcast. And she just happened to remember that I launched my podcast. So she got together with five girls that she took that class with and she told them about me and they called me about it. And I offered them beta pricing at, I think it was like $2.97 each. And I got all five of those enrolled. And then I got four more in it. So it was about (laughs) 11 or 12 people in it. And do you know, every single host that I have had still takes that same course. I never redone it. I never edited it. Kitchen Table Radio, every single host, whether they have a podcast or not, they all, all these years since 2008, take that course. It's timeless. It's timeless. (laughs) And so you built out from there. And now your thing that I saw on your website, you know, you call yourself the queen and you are the queen of interview marketing and conversion. Mm -hmm. What does that exactly mean? Interview marketing and conversion? Yeah. Meaning that I have really gotten to be really masterful at taking an interview and marking it to where I'm monetizing it. We're making financial conversion from it. Let me give you an idea. Early on, people were asking me about 
how I got these interviews. And they were like, I really like that one with Montel Williams. And I'm like, well, would you like to sponsor that, be a sponsor on that? Because we're going to be re-airing that one and doing a brand new press release about it because that is one of our top ones in a couple weeks. And I'm thinking off my head at this time, right? Because I told you I came from sales, okay? So the sales raven is kicking in. If you like to sponsor that, I will go ahead and you can tell me if you want to come before Montel Williams or after, and you can actually invest and secure payment on that spot. And we'll include you in on the press release as well. And so I started selling guest sponsorships. Wow. My passion is always, and I just realized this in the past few years, but all along, my passion was to help people shine, to help people that felt lesser than feel worthy. By me interviewing these people, I was watching my self-esteem rise. And I was like, wow. I was feeling like, wow. I mean, my chest was out. I mean, when I was on the phone with Montel Williams, I was like, Oprah, I'm coming for you. (laughs) She's the one person on my vision board I haven't got yet. But yeah, and so I wanted to give other people that feeling. And I didn't feel bad about it. Some people would say, you're selling, you're selling opportunities for the interviews. And I'm like, yeah, if they want it, it's up to them. I'm not making anybody buy anything. But I remember people were making me feel bad about that. And then the way the person felt, Lauren, they felt so honored and, and they would light up. You know, I'm on an interview with Montel Williams. Oh my God, I'm on an interview with Fran Drescher and we would make them look really good in this press release. I got really good at packaging things up so they wouldn't feel like they were investing in an interview. So I'd do an interview and then I would do a press release around the interview and then we would do social media posts. We put a big thing in a newsletter where they were always side by side by this person and it made them feel really good. And I see them blossom along the way from that one thing. Well, and I love it because you're helping people who have a similar pain point to you. You brought up this Casper image a few times. What do you do when that little Casper within starts creaking out and yeah. kind of, you know, becoming your inner critic? I'm like Casper, go back. <laughs> yeah, how do, you, how do you get Casper to go back in or leave? <laughs> Sometimes it's tough, I'm gonna keep it real. And you bet you, those times still come. And I still have those times I cry. I still have those times that I feel like no matter how hard I try, you're going to get me crying now. Um, I can't get in that door. You know, I'm 69 now, so I'm not as aggressive and I don't have the same amount of, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this as I did five years ago. I can see that kind of changing and that gets frustrating. Because I'm a person that really, I'm a, I mean, I like probably have the energy of a 30-year-old, really, <laughs> you know. You do. <laughs> you do. Yeah. And, you know, when I think, God, I'm going to be 70 in a couple weeks, you know, the negativity starts creeping in. And there's been times that I wanted to be on people's stages. So I still feel that pain. And in times I wanted to be part of something big. But I've mastered the art of the ask. And I've been developing that muscle along the way. I'm really good at asking. My feelings have been hurt a couple of times. And then I'm extremely good at creating. So I remember I always wanted to be on the cover of a magazine. 
And, you know, I did just didn't have enough going for me for anybody to ask. And so I created Women Power Magazine, Amazing Women of Power Magazine. And someone bought the first cover because I sold the cover. You guys, excuse me, I'm from sales, so I sell everything. I love it. No, I mean, listen, you're, you're a good example for me, for a lot of people listening, because a lot of us struggle with asking for what we want or what we're due. Mm-hmm. And you've made opportunities for you to live your dream mm-hmm. by making your own dream. I mean, like, you know, I know you said your dream found you and maybe it did, but you also really hunted down your dream and stuck with it and said, no, I'm going to make this work. You know, a lot of people think, well, if the world doesn't give me what I want, then maybe I don't deserve it. But you can also, you can tell the world what you want and you can make it happen in the world. Yeah, we're the only ones standing in our way. And so I created the Amazing Women of Power magazine. And the second cover, me and my new husband that I married, I think it was in 2014 that I put that magazine out in 2015 with us on the cover. And then that dream was, there I go, boom, you know? So I'm just one that, it, you know, if the doors don't open for me, I'm going to create it. So I am definitely a visionary and a creator. I enjoy that. And I see that it, it inspires people. People are really, really inspired watching someone at my age keep reinventing and creating. My oldest client, in terms of how long they've been with me, Lauren, I have five that have been with me since 2008, 2009. Wow. That are investing year after year. And if you ask them, why do they stay? They just say, because they are in awe at watching everything I do. They're afraid to leave (laughs) because they know I'm always (laughs) inventing and creating. and, and, And I create opportunities around communities. Most of the stuff that I create is not for Raven. It's for people like Raven, you know. What are your tips on how to build a community? Because that's something I think a lot of people are looking to do right now. How do you build community? One of the things you have to do in building a community is really nurture your community. Okay. A lot of people build it and then they lean on, you know, Facebook page to grow it. You know what I'm saying? And they'll bring in people, assistants to take care of it, but they kind of stepped out of it. And I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it doesn't work for me. And and I think I attract people that really need a lot of hand holding. And I don't mind holding their hand virtually throughout the way. And I know I attract those people because I attract, you know this, Lauren, we attract people that we are. You know what I'm saying? They, They are coming to me. I know this in one of the live events we did a few years ago, um, because at the end of the event, it's called Red Carpet Interview Secrets. And at the end of the event, we would have the Emily Awards named after my mom, and we would give the host, the best host, the awards. And so we would have everybody come on stage with me that had lost their their moms. Mm. And there would be only like four people left in the seat. So I attract people that, that have lost their moms. I attract people that are between 35 and older, women and men. We do attract a lot of men. That's why it's called now Amazing Women and Men of Power. And I attract people that self-esteem is not the best, to be honest, or people that have been the best kept secret in their niche. Now, they know they got it going on. They got all the goods, but nobody will give them a chance. I attract people like that. And so I have to build my community 
in a way that's going to be constantly uh, lifting them up in spirit, being there to hold their hand, being there to answer their questions. I am not the type of person where you have to send any support ticket. They got access to my text. They probably get a hundred thousand dollar client access to me mm. at nowhere near that investment. <laughs> and my, believe me, my mentors, Lisa Sassovich and stuff, they didn't teach me that. So Lisa, if you're listening, you did not teach me that. I know it. <laughs> um, but they, but it's just who I am. You know what I'm saying? It's who I am and I'm okay with it. I am okay with not being uh, someone that's a multimillionaire or even a millionaire at this point. I still aspire to be, but I, I got a millionaire mindset and I got a millionaire heart and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I love my tribe. My tribe loves me. We're family. We pray together. We cry together. It, this is, I mean, I always tell people, if you're looking for the perfect um, mentor, that's not me. You're going to get the real, the raw, and the free to be me person. And I attract people that want to finally be free to be themselves and they want to be heard and seen. And so we help them be seen, heard, and read. So speaking of building community, something that is huge right now is Clubhouse. And I've seen you on there quite a few times. Yeah. You're already making it your own. Yeah. Can you give the listeners some tips on how to really start getting involved in Clubhouse and building community on there? Yeah. Um, Clubhouse is so exciting because you don't have to be on video. You can get it early in the morning. Your hair can be messed up. I don't have to look for a hat or nothing like that. <laughs> And it's really, really awesome. And, and I just taught my agents and my hosts because I had made note of everything I was doing on Clubhouse when I started to see money make, make money. And I made probably about 14K and in the, I guess what, from the second week to now is how many weeks? I don't know. Maybe about, not many weeks. Not many weeks. Just over a month. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just noticing, okay, God, this is starting to be pretty regular. And so I may know to what I did and, and I don't have them in front of me, but I wanted them to remember the steps and it's my nine profitable P's to prospering on the Clubhouse app. And one of those P's started with profiles, you know, your profile picture. I noticed that whenever I was on um, Clubhouse, the people with the most interesting or colorful profile little pictures because that's all you see there in their name I was drawn to and I was sitting in the audience clicking on those that popped and so I started screenshotting the ones that that popped and then I sent it to my daughter and I said look at these and make minds pop like these and then I showed her I took a screenshot of the picture of how theirs looked among all the others. And I said, notice the ones on this page that stand out. And she made me one and we changed it. And instantly I started getting uh, people following. The other thing I did was I call it partnering up. I only had like maybe 50 people when I, you know, in, in maybe a few days. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a slow road. <laughs> so what can I do? So I started, I put in a search box podcast or podcasters, and all these names came up, uh, including Steve Osher, who I'm connected with. So uh, other than Steve, I started looking at the other podcasters, and I started showing up in their rooms. So the other P is 
partner up, partner up with like-minded people and you start showing up and find a way to get from that audience to the stage. And so that means you got to ask a question or you got to make a relevant comment and you better be prepared with your 30 second and not 31 second, 32 second, but a 30 second sizzling hot attention grabbing elevator pitch. Right. Okay. Now you may be able to do that and you may not because sometimes when you go on stage, that's not what they're doing. So if you come up there and say, hey, I'm Raven, talk to Maven, you know, da, 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 that's not what they, you need to come up there with and be timely with what they're talking about. And then they're going to be looking at your profile. So that was the other P, your profile. Your profile is going to only going to show the first two or three lines. So you better put the best of the best. So, you know, I put five-time award-winning host, honoree of the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. I'm pulling out my best things so that they will click on it to then see the whole profile. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So those are the three I can remember. <laughs> those are great P's, Raven. I love them. I have so many more questions I want to ask you, but I know we're running out of time here. So I'm, I'm going to skip ahead. Um, you know, I, I want to go back to Young Raven because I do believe that creativity. The Casper. Oh, Casper. Casper, baby. <laughs> and you have the most amazing career. I, w- I want to have you back and maybe we can talk about like more specific things, like some of the things you teach about. But we can do a part two. Yes, we have to do part two with Raven. But, you know, I wonder, because I think creativity is connected to that little self. If you and young Raven were standing in the same room and she was looking at you and you're looking at her, what do you think she would say to you now and why? She would say, let me out. Let me out. Let me be free to be me. I can handle it. Mm. I can make my own way. Just let me out. because. I felt like I couldn't be me. I felt like I couldn't make bold moves. And if I did make bold moves, they had to be bold moves in a bad way. Instead of, you know, just going for what I want and stop giving people, waiting for people, even my parents, stop waiting for people to give me permission. I knew early on who I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be heard. I knew I wanted to be heard. I knew I wanted to be heard, you know. And I was a big dreamer. My mother and dad always said, stop dreaming. Come on, do this, do that. Oh, Raven is dreaming again. And I tried so many things. I tried track. I tried all kind of stuff. I knew for me, being relevant was important. Being recognized was real important. And so it's so ironic that now I have all these pieces, all these broadcast and, and media and marketing pieces that help people with all the pains that I had, that helps people to step from the shadows to the spotlight, that helps them to continue being relevant, especially during this pandemic, that helps people be noticed and recognized. You know, I'm all about recognizing people. That is huge with me because that you know, was something that no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get, you know, and that's why um, the presidential award, when I got that email saying you've been nominated for the presidential lifetime achievement award, do you accept it? 
nomination? If so, we're going to need to get some information from you because Barack Obama will be leaving the office in about six weeks and he's got a sign for this, but we need to check you out, girl. We just can't go with your somebody nominating you. And I put it off for like three weeks. I was in Hawaii. I thought it was a joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So when you talk about the Casper, it comes back out and you know what I do now? I'll put that because I also got a presidential pin. I'll wear that pin. There was some times before the pandemic, I would be at conferences and the Casper comes out and I'm the person sitting on a table by themselves. And nobody was making me feel this way. I was just feeling this way. And so I started wearing my presidential pin because it was for me to remember when I went in the bathroom to look at that pin and say, look, you don't need nobody else's pat on the back. You got it from the president of the United States girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so now I tell people I got a whole lot of problems, but recognition ain't one of them. <laughs> Being recognized ain't one of them. Yeah, so I still look at that. I play the video every now and then. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was having one of those moments and I played the video where they say, you know, on behalf of the 44th president of the United States, thank you for your service. And I remember, this was just three weeks ago I, and tears started dropping down my eyes and I was just like, I wish mom and dad had been here for this. <laughs> well, they were in spirit. It sounds like you're a very spiritual person. So I'm sure you feel that. <laughs> and, you know, one final thing, if you, again, were like standing there looking at your younger self, mm -hmm. what would you say to her and why? I think I would say, hold your head up. Stop looking down. Let yourself be free. Let yourself be heard because you have everything inside you, you're ready. The only one that's stopping you is you. So stop complaining, girl, and go for it. <laughs> well, you did. So, hey, look at that. It happened. Raven, I love you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being so supportive. Thank you for the blessing. Oh, my Yay. gosh. Thank you for the blessing of your story. And I just so appreciate you. You've helped us all unleash our inner creative. Oh, thank you. And I just want to say to your audience, thank you for listening. I hope that if you can find one part of this that will inspire you to take action and to keep listening to this beautiful, awesome lady. She does great interviews. I love it. But she's doing those to help push you guys forward. So um, just implement, take it into action. And the last thing I'll say to you, Lauren, and to your audience is please, please, please stay safe. Thank you, Raven. Lots of love. Thank you for listening, and thanks to my guest, Raven Blair Glover. For more info on Raven, follow her at Raven International TV Network on Instagram and at Talk Show Maven on Clubhouse. You can also check out her website, RavenInternationalTVNetwork.com, to see all that she does and to work with her. Thank you so much to my associate producer, Emily Shulmanovich. You can follow her at We Can't Find Emily. Thank you to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag Raven at Raven International TV Network so she can share too. My wish for you this week is that you start building your millionaire mindset. Invest in yourself first, not only financially, but also emotionally, and the success will follow. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.